0: Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World.
1: Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the Ultimate Movie Bucket List.
0: A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip.
1: Cinephiles unite. We're gonna need each other.
0: Hey, (laughs) Monastat.
1: Okay. What does she? What does like she say one. in response?
0: What's up, Badgersell? Oh, Badgersell. Okay, cool.
1: All right. Well, there we are. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole review. That's the whole podcast for today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, meet How's it going?
0: I am living and breathing.
1: Thank you. Good. Good to know.
0: Fake it till you make it. What do we <laughs> have
1: in the docket for today?
0: A, f- a couple of things. In Excellent. The so... Okay.
1: Walk us through the meet <laughs>
0: Typically, our first segment of Small Talk would be uh,
1: Mitha at the movies. Yes.
0: However, I did not go to a movie this week. There was nothing. I thought you were going to go to Evan Hansen. I was going to go to Evan Hansen. But then you I, heard all
1: the terrible reviews of it?
0: I've heard all the terrible reviews and I just didn't feel like it. Yeah. I wasn't in the mood and there's nothing out really that I kind of want to see except for that one Martin Scorsese movie. I can't remember the name of it right now
1: there's a martin scorsese movie out now it's like
0: about it's oscar isaac and it's like counting cards is it martin scorsese i I don't think so
1: the card counter (laughs) yeah tyler sheridan
0: is it tyler sheridan no no, paul schrader
1: it's not martin scorsese why did i
0: think scorsese is i don't know
1: i thought also that would have been a bigger deal
0: yeah i feel yeah i don't know why 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 are (laughs) you like
1: martin scorsese and i was like pardon me
0: cut that out well
1: maybe i'll figure out
0: (laughs) why i thought so i've thought about that but it's only playing at one theater and that theater is really far from me and so i don't want to go but yeah i just like didn't have the urge to go see anything but there's a lot of movies in october that i'm looking forward to so i'll be going to the theater a lot don't worry me that the movies will continue (laughs) Um, but this last week, I'm renaming it for just this one week. It's called Mita and the Idiot Box. Okay. Which is another word for television. television. And I'm going to talk about like my first love, which really was television. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but this last week, I have watched so many shows. and yeah, I have you really have. <laughs> I haven't done that in a long time. Yeah. I watched the first season, or well, the only season of Mare of East Town. Yeah. I watched, I'm forgetting what I watched now. Um, Killing Eve. I'm, Killing Eve. I'm almost done. I'm almost done the third season. So I'm almost all caught oh, up. Oh, wow. So fourth season won't start until 2022. So Am we'll I see. watching Killing Eve? You're watching Killing Eve. Okay. Yeah, you are. I
1: just finished four. Sex Education season three, which I, I love Sex Education. I really enjoy that show. It's really yeah. well made. The characters are really good. It's like a well written high school show. But, like, I think a high school show that adults can really get into.
0: Should I watch that next?
1: I honestly do recommend it. I find it very endearing.
0: How many seasons is it? Three
1: seasons. Eight episodes okay. each. Okay. It's not terrible.
0: Eight episodes each? Yeah. Half hour or hour? Hour. I can do it. I did Killing Eve you did Kill in, Eve. like, a really short time.
1: Yeah. So you could totally do it.
0: I could do it. And I also watched the the first season of Loki in this time. Um,
1: I'm, I'm going to... Sidestep that one. I'm really glad you watched Mare of Town though.
0: I I really enjoyed Mare of Easttown. It's Really good,
1: right? You I were so hesitant know. when I was just like, you should watch it.
0: I remember because I think I had seen some reviews where people were not like loving it. People well they compared like, it to
1: the this? undoing.
0: Mm, this is so much better, so than, much the better than the
1: undoing. So much
0: better than the undoing. this okay, I think the problem with a lot of people in today's world, is they look at the undoing and they're like, look at her hair, look at her clothes. I want to live a glamorous life. I want New green,
1: York. long green coats.
0: I do really want a nice olive green coat. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I don't know if my coloring would work for that, but I, I want Nicole Kidman's life yeah. in the undoing. And if you look at Mary town, like you don't want any of that. You don't want of any that. of that, no. But it's so much more realistic and it's not this like fantasy escapism world of like, of true crime.
1: Well, I also find that like the undoing and it's, that's a very astute observation because mayor of Easttown really grounds crime and it grounds drama in a very Mm -hmm. real place. Whereas the undoing is this weird fantasy world of like murder and like sex. And like, it's kind of like meant to be a little erotic, but it is about a woman who is brutally murdered. Like it's, yeah, it just feels kind of gross.
0: It's also supposed to be like this big shocker reveal and like this big twist and it's not at all. Oh, it is completely plausible. <laughs> yeah. One. And then also, like, you g- gave it away in the first episode. Yeah. Like, we know who did it. So why are you still trying to play this, like, alleged cat and mouse game <laughs> yeah. that's, like, not even there? But Mary of Easttown, I actually, like, I kind of under- kind of saw where it was going. But I was actually, like, very, not shocked, but I was like, oh, that is a twist. Like, this Yeah.
1: Is- it was, yeah. It, like, like we talked about. I had said that, like, it was... It was not unpredictable, but it felt Mm -hmm. unexpected.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. You
1: weren't like, you got there, and you're like, yeah, I thought this was one of the options, Mm -hmm. but like, you wrote it in such a way that I was kind of moved. I moved away from it. Mm -hmm. I didn't like stick around, and I wasn't like, this is it. By the end, I was like, I don't know what it is, and it could be this, or it could be this. Like, there was a lot. That second to last episode, you were honestly like, I, I don't know where this is going. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because I was so sure about something, and then that second to last episode, something happens where I'm like, am I right? I think I'm right. Like, I know that. I feel like this is what is happening. Yeah. I was right, like, a little bit, but not really.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing. You think, <laughs> yeah. like, when you get there, you're like, I'm right about something, but I don't know what.
0: Yeah. Someone knows something. So, yeah. I compared it a lot to The Killing, which did you never watched, I didn't, right? no. I only watched the first season of The Killing, um, and it's... but. Mayor of Easttown is so much better than it. Yeah. The killing really is all drama and there's like no levity to it where Mare of Easttown has like some really humorous moments and it has Guy Pearce.
1: And Kate like, Winslet.
0: Guy Pearce?
1: Who has never looked better.
0: He looks so... So I watched Mare of Easttown and watched all the Guy Pearce scenes and yeah. then I was like, I miss Guy Pearce so I specifically watched Iron Man, Iron Man okay. 2, just so I could watch Iron Man 3 and see Guy Pearce so and I Iron Man
1: 3. I respect that,
0: and maybe now I'll watch memento,
1: yeah, you should.
0: He's so beautiful. I
1: watched Broadchurch because of Vistown. Mm-hmm. and Broadchurch season one is like a murder mystery, and it's it's good, and it has Olivia Coleman, which in and of itself makes it worth your time. But again, Merviestown I just felt was like me and my wife were not watching a lot of TV at the time. She was like eight months pregnant. We were tired. And we watched it in like two days because it was just so good. And there was one day where we got to like episode six and we were like, okay, we can watch this and still be in bed by 1230. So let's just do it. And so (laughs) it was the first time in a long time that we stayed up and watched something because it was just so... It's exciting. Yeah. It was actually, I think we got to the episode where the big thing happens. Mm -hmm. And that was when we were like, okay, I guess we got to keep on going. (laughs) We have to watch it.
0: I guess... I don't know if I want a season 2 though. I, I don't. feel like I'm very a happy two with this being a limited yeah. yeah,
1: limited series. Especially because did you ever watch Big Little Lies? Yes. Okay. But I never finished that first season. I got bored of it. The first season was good. The second yeah. season was such a waste of time.
0: Oh, and poor it was
1: the, Yeah, they were really trying to capitalize on the success of the first one. Mhm. And it just ended up being <laughs> super bland. Yeah, exactly. It just didn't work.
0: There you go. But that's that's the idiot box. That's what I watched.
1: There's a lot of TV, actually.
0: There's a lot of TV. Yeah. I missed it. It's nice to have something on. I was watching Criminal Minds before that, but then I got to the seventh season. And I was like, I'm not feeling this anymore.
1: I'm about to. I've started watching the last season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
0: Mm-hmm. That first
1: episode's really boring and so on the nose.
0: I feel for them it must have been a really hard after yeah. this like whole pol- political yeah. year to come back and like try to still
1: get have Cop- make comedy, comedy yeah. out of cops.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: But you it know, was, they had it a
0: hard just, task at hand.
1: Yeah, and they didn't they failed at it. Just just throwing that out there.
0: I'm, I'm sorry, Dan Gore.
1: Yeah, it just wasn't. And it's a good show. I like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and like there's 10 episodes and I'll finish them. But like that first episode and then I watched the second episode and I was just like, OK, this is definitely a lot more entertaining. But the first episode was so just so obvious and on the nose. And like, I, I see what you're saying that they did have like they, they kind of had a responsibility to have that conversation and have that episode. But like, I just wish it had been done better.
0: It's a hard thing to do. I'm glad that they at least acknowledged it, though.
1: I think they had to. I don't think they had a choice. Yeah, I, don't think they, I, think I don't think they could have just ignored it and been like, well, it's let's not." Just pretend not, this not the days of alive. the Office. <laughs> Why? What did the Office ignore?
0: They didn't ignore anything, but like when you watch certain episodes now, you would not be able to make that show now.
1: Which I hate when that's the like when that's the attitude about it. Because I'm watching the op- the Office is my background background show right now, yeah, and it's just it's so entertaining.
0: But we still have it. That's that's what we have to appreciate what we have.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So um, next on our itinerary. <laughs> you told me you had two topics that you could talk about today. You can. Do you want to talk about both or do you want to
1: talk about? I think I want to talk about Jennifer's body.
0: Oh, really? You yeah. want to get into it? You're <laughs> done. You don't want to talk? You can
1: save those for another time. Okay, yeah. you sure? Yeah,
0: because I came up with a nifty title.
1: <laughs> we're gonna have we're gonna have to leave our listeners in a little bit of a lurch here, and just uh, it'll be good next time. But we've had we talked about TV for quite a bit, and I think it's time. I think that we have to give them what they they came here for.
0: It's time for the dot dot dot.
1: It's time for the dot dot dot.
0: All right, now the aim we, we watched a movie this week, not we just did. not just the television.
1: We watched one of my picks. We did. It. Yes. Amita, what did we watch?
0: We watched Jennifer's Body.
1: Juniper's Body.
0: Jennifer's. Gen- Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> her name is
1: Jennifer. We, d- we did watch Jennifer's Body. <laughs> Let me give you all, lovely listeners, a quick IMDB <laughs> breakdown of what Jennifer's Body is about.
0: Yes. A dis-grow. Dis- a The disgrow. You-
1: yes. Thank you yes. very much. Mm-hmm. A newly possessed high school cheerleader turns into a succumbus who specializes in killing her male classmates. Can her best friend put an end to the horror? The horror. horror. (laughs) All right, Mitha. Yeah. Talk to me. Why did we pick Jennifer's Body?
0: Well, I actually watched this recently within the last year. Okay. Because in the last couple of years with the Me Too movement, a lot of people have brought up this movie um, as being misrepresented at the time that it had come out. And so I was really interested to watch it. And... I'll say this before, like, when this movie came out in 2009, I was, like, 18 years old, and I was really just, like, over Megan Fox. Yeah. <laughs> I was, like, why are we all interested in her? Like, I don't think she's bringing anything to the table. And the way this movie was, like, marketed towards people, it was looked like this was just a movie about a girl being hot. And so I was, like, not interested in it all, and I always just said, like, nah, I'm not going to watch that. Even though I really loved Juno... And Diablo Cody had written Juno, and she wrote Jennifer's Body as well. And she was just coming off of her Oscar win. And so, like, it was an exciting thing to see. But all of the reviews for this were terrible at that time. Mm -hmm. So then cut to 10 years later, people are like, no, like, you need to rewatch this movie. You need to rewatch this movie. Like, it does mean something different. And I had very low expectations because I thought, oh, this is just, like, all hubbub about Megan Fox. Like, I understand she went through a hard time, but I don't think I will be interested in it. I don't think it's actually what people are saying it's going to be. Mm -hmm. And then I watched it. And I was very surprised by it. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I was Mm -hmm. very surprised when it happened. And I was like, no, I think Nadim should see this one. Like, I want to know what he thinks about it, especially coming from the writer's perspective, because I think Diablo Cody is very talented. And so I want to know what what you feel about it too. And so that's why I picked it. Mm -hmm. And I felt it fell into place with Halloween.
1: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting choice because... I thought it was interesting because when I picked Goodnight Mommy last week we did mm-hmm. talk about a lot about what qualifies a horror movie or what qualifies a pick for this um mm-hmm. like spooky season because that's where we are right now. And so spooky season. Exactly. Sorry. So one of the things I was really interested in while I was watching this was why you picked this for this time. And was it because Jennifer's body is technically a comedy horror or Does this scare you in some way?
0: There are scenes watching it the second time. There are scenes I was like, oh, that that it did spark like that fear. Mm -hmm. But going into like making my list because, you know, me, I'm a planner and Mm -hmm. I have this list ready like at the second we decided what we were doing. Yeah. (laughs) It was that this falls under the genre of comedy horror. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the interviews that I've seen Diablo Cody in, she talks about how like she was given carte blanche after writing Juno. And all she ever wanted to do was write a horror film. And so she really saw this as her horror movie. And so she's put it into that genre and into that box. So I felt like it was appropriate to watch this at Halloween time. Okay. Yeah. that's really cool. Or spooky season time. But I I am very curious to know, what are your thoughts on Jennifer's body? Yeah. I'm, like, so nervous about this one for some reason. Because <laughs> I feel a very certain way by okay. it. Yeah, and I, I just I want to know what you
1: feel. So first and foremost, I definitely was not looking forward to this. And only because of <laughs> the... It does have a pretty bad, like, rep. Yeah. I think Diablo Cody came off of Juno. And she made this and people were like, well, what the hell? And I remember there was hype around this because Diablo Cody is a writer and she essentially became a celebrity overnight. Mm-hmm. And so people were looking forward to what had she, this woman written next. And then she wrote this and people were like, this is lame sauce. Why? It, like this woman is Sorry. maybe just a...
0: Lame sauce is such a Diablo Cody thing to say.
1: <laughs> I thought it was apropos.
0: There you go. I, I like that. Good job.
1: <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I think people were just like, well, this woman was clearly just a one-hit wonder.
0: Mm. And I think
1: the other thing was I think Juno really was divisive for a lot of people. It's very niche, yeah. It's very niche and it's very divisive as a as a film because it has a lot of heart. And mm. I think it it's I think the reason it was successful was not the dialogue. It was the story it was trying to tell and the character she created. It's the dialogue that kind of took over though, and that style of dialogue. And I can see the older I get it being kind of annoying.
0: Well, I think we talked about this when we watched Amelie, but I actually I feel like Juno had a lot to do with like the hipster culture that we see today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like
0: creating that, I think, and it's pretty remarkable that she in her first film she created this movement because I remember listening to all those songs after watching Juno and thinking I was so cool if I had a ukulele (laughs) (laughs) exactly. I'm a part time lover and a full time dreamer, right? Yeah, Yeah. like you can't, I literally can't forget those songs, and like that's a big deal.
1: That's a big deal, yeah, it definitely is. So, you have to give her something. So all this to say that when you brought, when you suggested this, my reaction was just like, okay, I guess this (laughs) is what we're watching. But I did know that it had aged better. And I didn't know much. Like I just, you know, it's one of those movies that when you follow the film world, it, it did came up last year when the Me Too movement was really in its peak. So when I watched it this time, I was able to watch it fresh. And I will say, despite my opinion or whatever I feel about it, this was not what I expected it to be and for the better. I think okay. I expected it to be a bad movie and it was not yeah. a bad movie. I no, think this it's isn't bad. it's definitely a lot more palatable and digestible than you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And it definitely gets a bad rap. Do I think it's amazing? No. Do I think it's the 10 stars and 9 stars that people give it on IMDb being like this is a masterpiece, it's Megan Fox's finest performance. I'm like all right, let's just like reel in the yeah, there. let's re- reel in the hyperbole, but yeah. it's definitely better than you think it's going to be.
0: It, yeah, completely. It's not. I thought this was going to be along the lines of like a Cinderella story and it would be really bad and really cheesy. Yeah. And like, the, I didn't think that maybe even like the horror aspects of it were going to be very good. And also I had no way at that time, I had no idea who Karen Kusama was. I hadn't seen anything that she had done. I don't know what she had done at that point.
1: I don't think she had done much.
0: Right. And so I didn't know who she was as a director. And so now watching it 11 years later, you know, it. It looks really beautiful, too. It's a very pretty movie. Mm-hmm. There's some really nice shots in there, too. But it's not that, like, cheesy teen horror, let's just sort of, like, exploit these women for their bodies movie that I thought it was going to be. And I love that about this.
1: Yeah, and I think it's definitely a lot more. It's way more than that. And I mm-hmm. think what I read about this at the IMDb, and I'm sure you read this, too, is that it was this was marketed by men for men. Mm-hmm. And that was a really dangerous place to put it. Because essentially all they did was say, "Here's a movie with a hot Megan Fox."
0: Literally, that's what that's they it. wrote. Yeah, with a the girl on girl movie. scene. She's spoken about in like interviews how she was trying to talk to the marketing team about like where she saw this, mm-hmm. the marketing should go, and literally what was written back to her was just three words, and it was Megan Fox hot, yeah. and that's it. That's her whole plan, and like they did that successfully. Like that was what the marketing yeah. was, but that's not what this movie. Is about at all.
1: It isn't. It is definitely yeah. about a lot more. That said, mm-hmm. I don't think it's as much about the things people want it to be about.
0: Okay. Where, where give we me going? your thoughts.
1: Well, give me your <laughs> thoughts on, like, the subtext I, so, and, like, where, like, how, 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 when you watched it the first time, how did it make you feel? Like, what were your, what were your thoughts?
0: I really thought that this was mainly about female friendships.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think a lot of people want to see sort of about, like, the afterfall of, like, being, you know, sexually abused or being raped or anything like that. And I can see those aspects of it, too. But the one that I think that is more important and sort of has more of a shining light towards it is those female friendships and seeing the characters, Needy, played by Amanda Seyfried, who's, like, also very good in this. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Baby Amanda Seyfried and then Jennifer, played by Megan Fox. And sort of the toxicity that there is when there's these female friendships, especially in high school. Mm And there's that sort of like that um, tug and pull of like one is this popular, beautiful girl and the other is this kind of like nerdy, mousy girl. And they both do need each other in some way. They bring something Mm -hmm. to this friendship, but it is a very toxic environment because at the end of the day, neither one of them is happy with who they are or their friendship itself. And this idea that you have to like, there is power in those types of relationships as well, especially When in their like makeout scene, because I remember like a lot of the uh, marketing for it at that time, like half of the trailer was them like kissing each other, which was made out to be this sort of like girl on girl, like lesbian action kind of ploy for boys. But it really is like in that moment, Jennifer's trying to get power over Needy because Needy is exposing her for all of her terror that she's causing. And Jennifer is trying to like take away that power from her. I really... I'm interested in the dynamic of those two characters Mm -hmm. for the most part. And that in the ending of like Needy actually taking over and having to kill the friendship, essentially, to be able to get that power back. Yeah.
1: No, that's interesting. And that's, I remember, I do remember like when this came out, the marketing, I remember thinking that this was a movie about a lesbian vampire. Like that was, that was, (laughs) I feel like what it was kind of like selling at the time, like that is kind mm-hmm. of what you got from it and watching it. And that's what I expected this to be. And so watching it, I was like, oh, this is not exactly what this was. Yeah. I, d- I thought it was definitely different. And I thought it was somehow about Megan Fox being a vampire trying to seduce a man to save Reed. That was where I was, I thought this was going.
0: Not about demons.
1: Not about Satan. demons. Not about demons. Yeah.
0: But then also like it reminds me a lot of Buffy that when it uses high school as this like background of like the opening nine is hell as a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. And in Buffy, like literally the high school is on top of a hell mouth. Mm-hmm. And this, the idea of like what you go through as a teenager and in high school is mm-hmm. hell. And like it can be compared to like all these demons and Satan and whatnot.
1: It's interesting. I did find this movie, I found Megan Fox very distracting. Okay. And I think
0: the male gaze.
1: No, it's not. I don't mean in that way. First of all, Megan Fox is hot. Like, it's really hard to deny that. It is just fact at this point. Mm. She's incredibly attractive and almost like distractingly so. I remember at times I'm looking at her face and I'm like, is this real? Like, is her face really constructed? No, but like, was her face constructed like this or is this plastic surgery? Like, was this woman born like this? And it's, she's very attractive and she knows that and she plays to that and then as you're watching it you really I, I, there's times where you're wondering how is she playing this role is she really playing Jennifer really well or is Megan Fox a terrible actress and i couldn't figure it out i couldn't figure out whether it was Jennifer whether whether Megan Fox really cr- created Jennifer and like mm-hmm. she created this like ditzy bitchy mean girl you know hot girl kind of persona that you know and have seen before, but kind of made it her own? Or is this just Megan Fox being Megan Fox?
0: I think it's her being a good actress. That's how I feel watching it. Because having watched her in interviews after the fact, like she's very reserved and quiet. And like, she speaks openly about it now. But at that time, she was like so terrified of her life. Mm -hmm. At that point, like Transformers had come out and her career was on rise. But I think she had gotten fired from it. And there were all those rumors that like yeah. Steven Spielberg had asked for her to be fired, or at least that's what Michael Bay had said at that point.
1: What, why, why was she fired from Transformers?
0: I think Michael Bay, I think she spoke up against Michael Bay and was all like, right. stop exploiting my body. Yeah. And like, have you heard that story about when she yeah, was yeah. on the set of Bad Boys? Yeah. Yeah. I think she'd spoken up and he fired her. And then he said, Steven Spielberg said it. And Steven Spielberg was like, no, I didn't. Yeah.
1: That <laughs> but there I remember was a lot like of vaguely hearing.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of negative attention towards her at that time, and that was also the time of, like, Perez Hilton and TMZ and, like, just constantly being photographed. And she spoke about when she was filming this movie, she just wanted to, like, go and hide, and she didn't want to be seen, and she didn't want anyone to, like, notice her. I do think she has – she shows talent in this movie. I haven't seen enough of her work to, like, say she's a talented person, but I don't – I don't think she's this, like, bitchy teenage girl – Maybe. Who's eating boys? Well, obviously, well, fine. <laughs> she's not
1: cannibalizing people, but she was
0: married to to Brian Austin Green.
1: She was, yep. she was married, and now she's with that guy from Machine Gun Kelly. He is Machine Gun Kelly. No, <laughs> oh, he is Machine Gun. Isn't aren't yeah. they a band though? No, no, it's I, just him. That's his name. Yeah, Machine Gun Kelly. <sighs> Whatever. So she's MGK. with she's with Machine she's Gun, with Gun, with Gun Machine Kelly. Cool, Megan Fox. She hasn't oh, been in a movie in mind. ages either.
0: No, well, she had a rough time. I don't blame her.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I <fine>. wouldn't. <laughs> but like, that's the other thing, though. It's, this, is, this is the hard thing about Megan Fox. She has had a hard time. And she had a hard time for how attractive she was. And like, mm-hmm. it wasn't... People tried to exploit her attractiveness. It wasn't how she wanted to be perceived. She then receded from the industry. But she is still Megan Fox because she's hot. Do you know what I mean? Like, Megan, yeah. she doesn't have to do anything. She's a celebrity because she was in Transformers. And Jennifer's body, this is like really, this is her claim. These are her claim to fame. And now she's a celebrity because she is as attractive as she is. So is she not playing into the the machine that made her?
0: Why can't she? Okay, it's a known fact she is hot. And she probably, she knows that, that she is hot. So I don't see why she can't play into because like that the is whole, who she is yeah she's but the, her girl. whole point
1: the whole point she receded from the industry was be- she said she was being exploited
0: yeah because you can when she talks about being like 15 years old and them pouring water over her like while she's wearing a bikini yeah,
1: and like a group of men fine. just like
0: watching <laughs> and staring at her yeah like that's not cool and that will smash no, for sure so towards someone
1: absolutely I'm not <laughs> <Yeah>. denying that <laughs> But now she, isn't. She just take isn't she just profiting from that?
0: Is she profiting? I don't think she's making any money off of this
1: stuff. <laughs> I don't know if profiting is the right term, but I maybe actually like you but don't like, know. She's... she's
0: having her moment because she was she was wronged for a long time.
1: I don't know. Is she having her? moment? I think there's room for moment? the table
0: for Megan. Fox. What? I think there's room at the table for Megan Fox. But when should she, she bring has... for
1: the table? Like, she's what vocally she vocally said, there?
0: like, she feels as though there isn't room for her. And when it comes to talking about feminism, they don't allow her to be there because of how she was treated when she was younger, mm-hmm. which that's not her fault.
1: No, that's not her fault. That's I, the, yeah. that, that is not her fault. I don't know. I find her a complex. She's actually a very complex very person complex. Mm-hmm. with a very complex situation. And I don't think it's I don't think it's a very like linear way to look at it. You can't be like, this is the situation with Megan Fox because she was exploited when she was very young. Mm -hmm. That exploitation is what made her who she is and continues to be the thing that makes her who she is. And she's not at this point completely, she's not Cameron Diazing herself and being like, I'm done with the industry either. So in some now, way, see, isn't she I like taken? I don't like that
0: about Cameron Diaz. Like, I want a good Cameron Diaz movie. <laughs> oh, God,
1: Cameron Diaz can go like that. We're not missing anything.
0: <gasps> no, don't say that, no,
1: about Cameron I, Diaz. I'm sorry. It's not a Cameron big fan. Diaz
0: and Vanilla Sky is like one of my
1: favorite. Yeah, you love Vanilla <laughs> Sky though. I do love Vanilla mm-hmm. Sky.
0: Okay, but I also love the idea that all the boys. So it, typically in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. You see the girl like in these like scary situations where she's like turning a dark corner and like she's getting attacked and killed and murdered. But in all of these, all the boys are just like willingly going (laughs) with Jennifer and they're all just free because she's not seen as a threat.
1: Well, remember, not really, because that uh, second guy that she kills, the gothic, the the emo guy. Yeah. That, he's not like readily, he's like, la la la. Like, it's not that way. He kind of sees it as a freaky location. He starts to question it.
0: He's still driving in a neighborhood. Out, out, if it was me and in that car, i like, this is not where this person lives. I'm not driving in this scary neighborhood where none of the houses are completed. I'm not going to go into this window. That's like not. Yeah, but, he goes into it willingly. you
1: do. So do the girls in those horror movies. They willingly go. I don't know. I
0: just feel like they were all didn't see her as a threat. And so that's why they were willingly going.
1: So the first guy she sleeps with, who is he? I'm forgetting already.
0: The jock in the forest. So like oh, his right. friend had yeah, yeah, yeah. just died and she's just like, come with yes. me for a second. So Let's he talk. is
1: definitely, he goes willingly, like yeah. flat out. But I don't think after that they do.
0: But the jo- the emo guy who was on Veronica Mars, <laughs> the emo guy, I'm forgetting his name, Kyle Gallner or something like that. When she approaches him, which by all means, like she has never shown an interest in him once. Mm-hmm when she approaches him at school i was like yeah like give me your number like i'll hang out with you he's like oh okay like he doesn't see that as like wait this person who has never talked Mm -hmm. to me before or doesn't have any vested interest in me is all of the sudden interested in me what does this mean there's no like thought process behind that
1: yeah
0: it's just interesting to me because you don't usually see boys doing stuff like that
1: i don't know i find (laughs) this is my issue with this movie is that I'm not denying that there might be some things that were ignored or bypassed initially when it came out because it was viewed as not being successful in what it was trying to do when it was trying mm-hmm. to do something else. But I think the big question mark here is whether Diablo Cody wrote a good script or not.
0: So a lot of people watch who watch this feel like it is a representation of like dealing with the trauma after being sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. especially like when you think about the scene where they do sacrifice her. Mm-hmm. That's that this viewing when I watched that that actually did scare me a little mm. bit of like her being in that van and then throwing her on the ground and like it just it played very much like a sexual assault scene. And then her coming back from it not really talking about what happened but obviously there's something wrong with her mm. because she's behaving differently and not being able to talk to her friend about it or and she's starting to act out in different ways. A lot of people kind of relate that to the trauma that they go through after which i think is an interesting point of view too
1: super interesting however how you read into something has to like it has to be there has to be consistency so mm-hmm. what are you saying if that if she is a rape victim if that's what mm-hmm. the, like, the allegory is is that she's a sexual assault victim who comes back and acts differently and all of that talk to me then about her relationship with her best friend and what that results in at the end of the movie like what are you what, what is she trying to say then
0: she eventually does talk to her friend about it, and like is able to come clean about what happened that night. And then that trust, in a way, is broken when the friend. It's hard because, in this situation, she is a demon. So like you don't think that that's a good thing. But that's obviously not a good thing
1: to be. But that's my but that's my point is that like, I think what you're saying about like it it it, it being an allegory for a sexual assault victim is great. But it doesn't work all the way. It
0: doesn't It doesn't fly all the way through. Which I can is, see that too. Which
1: is either... In, kind of I,
0: irresponsible.
1: It's either irresponsible. It just wasn't her intention. And it's just what people are reading into something mm-hmm. that was what, never meant to be that.
0: Yeah. What she has said before is that she actually feels like the two characters kind of represent herself. So Diablo Cody is not her real name.
1: Oh my God. Really?
0: No, <laughs> no. Yeah. Her real name's like Becky or yeah. something. <laughs> And she says that the character Amanda Seyfried's character Needy Mm -hmm. represents like Becky. Mm -hmm. I don't. I can't remember what her name is, and sort of just like the nerd girl or not really out there or not understanding their power. Mm -hmm. And that Diablo, when she renamed herself, that is Jennifer and having like this strength and this like
1: was Diablo her stripper name? I don't know. Yeah, not that it matters. But she's
0: also spoken out about how like. After this came out, people were so terrible to her because mm-hmm. they thought that this was a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as bad as people made it out to be. Like, I really don't feel like it should have that low of a score on Metacritic. And I
1: do think that when you win an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay and mm, you come out with this, tough. I can see how people would be like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. Like, this is your follow-up to that?
0: I kind of want to rewatch Juno and just like, because when I think, do you think that Juno is that great? That I don't know. I want to look up what won... what was nominated that year. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was a pretty bleakly year. I think it was the same year as like No Country for Old Men, Through Be Blood, both of which are adapted screenplays.
0: Really, two thousand seven? Yeah. Yeah.
1: No. no. Yeah,
0: part time lover and a full time. Can we talk about Adam Brody a bit? As I looked this up, sure. And how, like, I feel like Adam Brody is really underrated as an actor. Yeah, he's okay. I enough. think he he gets things, which is what I like about him. Yeah. Like he'll read something and he's like, "I get this. I know what I'm doing," yeah. and like he'll do it. And I just I feel bad for him because I, I think he could have had a very different career if it wasn't for the OC. I think the OC ruined him.
1: Yeah, I can see that too.
0: Mm-hmm. Two thousand eight Academy Awards. Best writing, original screenplay. So Juno for Diab- Diablo Cody for Juno. Tony Gilroy for Michael Clayton. <laughs> I love Michael Clayton. Tamara Jenkins for car Savages. Huh?
1: I hope Ricard blows up.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brad Bird for Ratatouille. And <sighs> Nancy Oliver for Lars and the Real Girl.
1: Okay. It's a pretty blah list aside from Ratatouille, from being honest. Yeah. It's a pretty unremarkable list. It is. Ratatouille is incredible, but other than that.
0: Michael Clayton is only really great to me because of the performances.
1: Yeah. And because of, like, it's actually a pretty bland movie. The performances are really what elevate it. Yeah.
0: I do enjoy Lars and the Real Girl. I haven't watched it in a really long time. But it's like.
1: But that's also largely because of Ryan Gosling.
0: Yeah, that's true. He brings something to that. Like, because otherwise that character is really creepy. But like Ryan has a little charm too. I'm yeah.
1: Sorry. Yeah. He makes it work.
0: So I think it's a fair win.
1: I think it's a fair win. I think she does a very nice job. But I also think that like one of the reasons she, Juno won was because the two frontrunners for Best Picture were No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood. So it was a very dark and masculine year. Mm-hmm. And Juno was light and safe.
0: Well, that whole thing. It's Atonement, Michael Clayton, No Country for Old Men, There Will Be Blood, yeah. and Juno.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those are like four really unpleasant films. Yeah. And Juno.
0: <laughs> what a fun time. Yeah.
1: I do think, I noticed it this time more while I was watching this for the first time, the dialogue was a little crating.
0: I think it's because we're older, though.
1: Maybe. But it was I, I think
0: if I had watched this as a teenager, I would have started saying things like this. For sure.
1: Maybe. And I can totally see that. But again, as an adult, I was kind of just like, Diablo, do you have to write like this all the time? Especially because I saw Tully last year
0: Mm. and
1: it's not like this.
0: But I think she's grown too. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. (laughs) She's a new woman, that Diablo Cody. I do really like her though.
1: I think she's a talented woman. And I think it's interesting because I think watching Tully kind of made me appreciate her a lot more. Mm -hmm. because I found, I was like, oh, you don't have to just be Juno all the time. And if I had seen Juno and then Jennifer's body, I would have, I think, made me like her less. Mm. Because I think the fact that they were like back-to-back movies, it's just like, oh, so is this, you just write all your dialogue like this? She wrote Ricky in the Flash? Yeah. Oh. Okay.
0: (laughs) That's a movie.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Have you seen it? No. It's a movie. No. I don't know. I think she's okay.
0: Oh, but she did young adult too. I young, like adult young adult, I
1: actually quite like.
0: Yeah, I like
1: young adult a lot. But again, better written, better dialogue. Mm. It's and it now when you kind of think about it, it feels like that's what she thinks young people sound like.
0: But at that time, like
1: no, Mita, No one was talking like that.
0: I was sixteen when Juno Were came. Were they out. talking like that? We started talking like that because of Juno. Yes, but she w- created something,
1: which is quirky in Juno. But I think it's repetitive in Jennifer's body. In Two one movie, later, it's one it thing. it
0: kind of takes its its toll. Yeah. That's true.
1: It kind of just doesn't seem like it. But it worked in Juno because it was one movie. It was one world. It was one character she'd created. But now it's like you're kind of taking that and putting it into another world and other characters. And it just mm-hmm. starts to feel like, can you write differently?
0: It does also kind of feel like, for me at least, it feels like a, a rip off of um, Joss Whedon and Buffy. Because they too had that kind mm-hmm. of dialogue in that language, and then that's what challenged him to write one of the the best episodes of Buffy. Mm-hmm. But
1: this is not a Buffy podcast. That's not a Buffy so. podcast. Mm-hmm.
0: But like, there's an episode where there's no dialogue at all, guys, and it's really good.
1: <laughs> but this does make me say that I do think Diablo Cody is good because she does have other films outside of the realm of this. Oh, but it's the... like
0: teen sort yeah. of drama,
1: kind of. Yeah, and she the... can switch. She can. She did switch though. But at yeah. the time, this was all she was doing. Mm.
0: It's interesting.
1: <laughs> you seem very what? blasé about it.
0: I don't know. I went into this like feeling a certain way and like you have a you have the power of persuasion.
1: <laughs> I'm not trying to persuade you, and I don't want to change your mind at all because yeah. like, that's the whole function of this podcast. Yeah.
0: I want to watch it a third time now. Oh, I yeah. do yeah, you know what? But I will say this. It is entertaining.
1: Yeah, I was not bored.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: I was actually super tired. I was watching my son that night, and I was not he bored watched at all. Jennifer's he body. Did he watches all these adult <laughs> movies at two months?
0: Wow. Yeah, I, I definitely.
1: Hope you're writing
0: down all the movies that he's <laughs> seen.
1: No, I'm definitely not. I, I, sorry. I was, I was entertained. Yeah. And I think I might watch this again, even.
0: Right, because I feel like this is going to go on my Halloween docket. Oh, really? Yeah. I do like it in the idea of, like, being a Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would watch it, like, just randomly throughout
1: the year. Yeah. It doesn't
0: I... feel, like, to fit in the right spot.
1: It doesn't have the timeless quality of, like, a Rosemary's Baby or an Exorcist kind of thing.
0: I would only watch those during <gasps> I the, the high holiday.
1: <laughs> I love them, them year-round.
0: Like, I well like, I love Zodiac around and I love Silence of the Lambs around. Yeah. Okay. I can see where you're going with that.
1: But I will also say that, in terms of like a horror comedy, I prefer something like a Happy Death Day over this.
0: Oh, interesting. Happy Death Day can be repetitive. (laughs) Quite literally. Quite literally. Yeah.
1: Isn't that the point? I was just about to be like, isn't that the point? (laughs) Not Happy Death Day to you, just Happy Death Day.
0: Yeah. I have to rewatch it. I've only seen it the one time.
1: Yeah. yeah. But it's nice. Yeah. Do you have a sequel pickle ideas?
0: I would like to know what happens with Needy after. So at the end of this film, mm. we get a really nice like credits reveal yeah. that she winds up kill ki- killing the indie rock band. Oh my God. We didn't even talk about how funny that what? is. What? That like there's they believe in the devil and they're sacrificing a virgin because it's so hard for indie rockers in today's industry yeah. and that they want to be like Adam Levine from and 5.
1: Can I just say, when you say it like that, it just sounds like so overwritten.
0: It's funny, though. <laughs> it is funny. Especially looking at it now and thinking like, okay, yeah, 2009, like there were so many indie rock bands that were trying to make it and trying to be cool. Oh. I like that trope. I think this is also like if you depending on your age,
1: maybe you have
0: different feelings about this. Because like I was close to the age of these characters in this time and like can relate to the things that she's saying. I think for somebody who is older than these characters, she does a good job of that in that time. I
1: wonder if I would have liked this more when I was younger.
0: Maybe. I think you might have. If you were 16 and you saw Juno. I think you would have a different feeling about it How old now is it?
1: too. 1997?
0: Two thousand
1: seven. Two thousand seven. <laughs> so I was twenty-two.
0: You're a little bit old for that. Because I do remember seeing it with Millie Sambath. and <laughs> <laughs> she liked it, but I think I we liked it for different reasons. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I saw it with friends, I remember. The theater was sold out, it was packed.
0: But Diablo Cody is not a sixteen year old girl. She's not.
1: she's like fifty now. <laughs> Is she 50? She was like 30 when she won her Academy Award. Oh,
0: okay. Wow.
1: She's not like in her 30s.
0: Yeah. But I think she wrote wrote Teenagers at that time well because it it, it was relevant to that time because I was also 18 when Jennifer's body came out.
1: When Jennifer and her body came out.
0: When I was like, ugh, Megan Fox.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was unfortunately the attitude. Yeah.
0: I'm sorry, Megan. I take it back. You're good in this.
1: She's good in this.
0: She's good in this. But sequel, prequel. So at the end of this film, um, we see that Needy enacts revenge against the indie boy band that decided to sacrifice Jennifer's body. And (laughs) I would like to know what happens after that. (laughs) Where does she go? Do they catch her? Because we see she's on the CCTV cameras. So, like, what's the investigation there? Mm -hmm. And we also learn as when she killed Jennifer, Jennifer had already bitten her and she absorbed some of those demonic powers Mm -hmm. And so she can levitate. She can really kick somebody. Yeah, she's got strength. Kick the sh- the shit out of somebody. Um. And so I would like to know where's needy. And then another prequel I would like to know is if we followed that indie boy boy band and like how did they how did they meet? How did they get involved with like Satan <laughs> and what that was all about? And how many virgins did they look for before they found Jennifer? Oh, and the other point I wanted to make, though, I just feel like a lot of horror movies also make the trope of sex is bad. And if you have sex, that's what's going to get you killed. And then this is the exact opposite of like, she thinks that if they think she's a virgin, they're not going to hurt her because they would want somebody who like has that practice and who's like able to perform. But it's actually her being a virgin that gets her killed.
1: Well, she's not a virgin.
0: Because but they think she's a virgin,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> they're willing to sacrifice the virgin, yeah, but in all the other horror movies, it's like if you have sex, then you're gonna die, oh yeah, but I just you didn't have sex, so you're gonna yeah. die, yeah,
1: I just I did find that whole sequence, like the burning down of the the bar the and bar. then her going with the band. I was kind of just like, why is this happening? It felt very forced mm. like the burning down of the bar, it was like. Something catches on fire and suddenly the entire thing is engulfed in flames and it's kind of like, well, well, why is this happening? And I get later you realize that, like, the band set the place on fire blah, blah, blah. But, like, at the time, I was just kind of like, this seems like an an overreaction for what started off as a small fire. Secondly, why does she go with them in the first place?
0: Because she's a stupid teenage girl.
1: But that doesn't make sense because she goes with them and then in the flashback where you find out what happened... Very quickly, she starts, she gets scared.
0: Well, she wanted to hook up with the band leader. Yeah, Yeah, she wanted to hook up with Adam Brody. Yeah. What girl didn't in 2009. And I think when she was in that van and she saw, like, all the Satan ritual stuff, she was, like, freaked out. And the fact that they were, like, all there together. And she asks, she says the line, are you guys rapists? Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of funny to (laughs) think. (laughs) Uh, I enjoyed it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that we're at that point, tell me your rating.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) like I said, it's just a... It's fun. It's a fun movie. It is like a horror comedy. I laugh a lot during this movie. Even the things with, like, Needy and her boyfriend. It's just, like, typical teenage stuff that's just... It's funny yeah. the Alba Cody knows how to write a joke, but I also think it was like really wise beyond its years in that sense too, because like there wasn't very much like this in two thousand nine, and I'm trying to remember like what other teen movies had co- kind of come out, and like Twilight was sort of like just starting.
1: It's, it is, like really.
0: Twilight was two thousand eight. Okay, I feel so like yeah.
1: Was not starting then. Oh, not yeah.
0: starting, yeah. but like goal- It was getting into because yeah. like first movie was two thousand seven. So like the third was probably 2009 okay. I was like thinking what was I watching in 2009 Pretty Little Liars was something that I was watching yeah. <laughs> in 2009 right like teen at that point like Gossip Girl was third or fourth season like teen things that were available for teens weren't funny like this and they weren't ironic like this and not something that I think we could conceptualize and actually understand. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know if I had seen this when I was younger, if I would have gotten it yeah. for the same reasons that I get it now. But I was so discouraged at the time because of all the negative attention and, and it being a Megan Fox movie. And I'm disappointed that I didn't watch it then because I really enjoy it now as an adult. And I am able to grasp those concepts that are behind there and um, actually enjoy it for what it is. And then... The other thing that I really like about it, though, is like, it's not subtle with its message whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And that I feel like people were just I'm so surprised by how many negative reviews there were, because I feel like were people just like not like, how do they not understand what she's trying to say? It's very out there. It's explained to you really well. And it's not, you know, kind of hidden behind these messages. And so I don't, un- I'm having a hard time grasping why like people were like too daft to understand it then, mm-hmm. but we're all able to understand it now. Yeah, and I yeah. like that when we're watching it now, like I like knowing that as a society, we've grown in a way and we are able to sort of conceptualize and understand these concepts a little bit better. And it is just like fun to watch. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. And so I will give it three and a half out of five stars. Okay, Nadeem, how do you feel about j
1: J-Bod, I liked it more than I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. I think it was definitely misrepresented. I can't explain why it was misrepresented because like you're saying, the movie, I think, is still what it is. And it doesn't deserve the bad rap it got. That said, I don't think it's as deep or insightful as people nowadays want to think it is.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: she was trying to make an entertaining film that subverted a few horror tropes. I think she wanted to have a female centric feminist horror movie that was funny, that was sexy, but wasn't misogynistic. Mm-hmm. I think she was trying to do things like with with the whole trope about like virgins and sex and like having a woman be, I think the aside from being the prime, point of sexual desire, which it always is. She was always the she was also the antagonist in this. And a woman who uses her sexuality in a villainous way, but not in, like, a basic instinct way, a yeah. I'm-going-to-eat-your-heart-out kind of way. Like, I think mm-hmm. that is what Diablo Cody was trying to do. I don't think this is a movie about sexual assault survivors. I don't think this is a movie about the Me Too movement. I think people are really trying to dig a little deep. And you can tell that because it's not... Those ideas don't finish. They don't continue on. Yeah, that scene of her being about to be murdered by the band is indicative of what a rape scene might feel like and her coming back from that and all of that fine. but it doesn't end. Like that that doesn't finish and then what is the message here that once you're sexually assaulted, then your friend has to kill you. Like what is what is the message? what it, like if that's if that's what you're saying it is, how does it finish?
0: I think those takeaways are from people seeing it now though.
1: But even those people who are seeing it now, where what what are you trying to say or what do you think Diablo Cody is trying to say about sexual assault victims?
0: I mean that wasn't really like my takeaway. No, 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 no it,
1: fair that, enough. Uh, but I've heard I've heard that same argument from like other people. Like I've read that as well. And so my yeah. question, I guess to the populace What's or, the moral of what's that? What's the moral story? of that story? Are you saying mm-hmm. that like if you if you follow along the, the plot points she comes back from a sexual assault. She's a changed person. And then she has to be destroyed because she's changed so much.
0: Yeah, I think if that was the actual intention, there would have been a well-crafted ending.
1: Yeah, it would have been a little bit more different. Or like than
0: her losing that demonic spirit. Demonic
1: spirit or having some rebirth or something. Something a little bit more cathartic. This just feels like it, it's, it, it ends the story. So I don't think this is as deep as it was trying to be. I do think Diablo Cody was trying to do something fun and interesting and different Mm -hmm. to a horror movie, but within the confines of a commercially viable horror movie. And I think much like people like to do, they, I think are giving more credit than credit is due. However, that said, this is worth your time. It is entertaining. Megan Fox is really good in this. It's hard to see if she's really good or if she's just hot and you know, Like a hot, mean girl. That's part of
0: the Megan Fox mystique. Yeah.
1: And I think that's a a a real shame that she'll never, you'll never be able to get past how attractive she is because she, I think, could have had a career.
0: She had a career at the wrong time.
1: Did she? And like,
0: this was like the start of social media. This was the start of like, I think if she was like a star of the 80s, that could be something. But, like, at the time when people are, have their eye on you at all times, people are following you everywhere you go, that the there can be, like, these crazy stories about your life written that aren't even true
1: at all. But the other thing is, is that, like, is she a great actress? She's fine. She's good in this. But she's, like, Blake Lively level.
0: Her filmography isn't vast enough for us to know. And the, part, the reason why it's not vast enough is yeah, because of all because the of outside the trans- factors, right? So
1: I guess we'll never really know. But that said, this is entertaining. I will watch this again, actually. Like, I don't know if I'll sit, I'll seek it out necessarily, but I will sit down and watch it. I wouldn't call it a horror classic or a Halloween classic, but it is, Diablo Cody is a, is a good writer. Is this her best work? No. But Diablo Cody's average work is better than some writer's best work. So for that reason, this gets three stars. Three.
0: Okay. Also, everybody go watch Tully.
1: Tully's really good. I actually really like Young Adult.
0: I like Young Adult. I really I like I like really adult. loved Tully. Yeah. And like, I'm not a mom. <laughs> I cannot yeah. relate to that one bit, but I felt like I could. Yeah. And she's so good at that.
1: It's very, very appealing. Yeah.
0: Like, I'm not a demon out <laughs> to get all the boys. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> but you kind of feel this one.
0: But I, feel, I felt Jennifer in her body.
1: Jennifer. I understood her. In her body.
0: But also, I love Amanda Seyfried.
1: <laughs> yeah, we didn't really talk about Amanda Seyfried at all. She's
0: she's, she's very good in this. She's too. very good in this,
1: and I think it's interesting because let's give Amanda Seyfried just a little bit of time right now.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Uh, I think give it
0: up for A to F.
1: <laughs> She was the least memorable mean girl.
0: No, I maybe for you. Everybody in school, like feeling up their booze, being like, "I think it's raining." <laughs> She had some of the best lines in that movie. But she was
1: also, I think. (coughs) I'm sick. (laughs) It's fair enough. I think she's really good, but I didn't, I don't, I remember not, I remember thinking Rachel McAdams is going to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. And Lacey Chabray was, she was already out of like Party of Five. So it felt, like, more natural that they would be popular. And I I didn't think Amanda Seyfried would go anywhere. And our girlfriend has an Academy Award nomination. So, I mean, good for her. She has really, like, kept her, like, career going.
0: Yeah. She's come a long way. She's come
1: a long way. And she deserves to be where she is.
0: And also, playing stupid. You have to be incredibly smart to play stupid. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. And she plays it so well. So well. Yeah.
0: Love, Karen. That's true. (laughs) Karen Smith.
1: She's got a lot of got a lot of good. Lines. She
0: has, that. Everyone walked away from the movie knowing about Karen,
1: yeah. and that was
0: like the joke. That's and true. I think she stole that movie from some of the other people. So <laughs> love you, um, Amanda Seyfried.
1: But Mitha, that's enough yes. about Jennifer and her body. Yes, we are now about to play
0: different characters, same, same
1: world, world. but about. You changed your tone.
0: It's hard to match. Okay, (laughs) fine. We could do it again if you want.
1: No, it's okay. No.
0: The moment has passed. Quiz me!
1: Samita, I was was caught between two movies. And I decided to pick the movie I think you're going to like more.
0: Oh, thank you. (laughs) What if you're completely wrong?
1: No, I know I'm right about this (laughs) one. But, and I think there's an easy way for you to get this. Yeah. Like too easy a way. But okay. I'm about to give you the hard way to make this more fun.
0: Okay, I can do it. Yeah,
1: you can do it. <laughs> so I'm giving you all actors. Okay. So I'm giving you mm-hmm. Christoph.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm giving you uh, Ronaldo Arenas. Uh huh. And I'm giving you Ree.
0: How do you spell Ree? R E E. What the flip? Okay.
1: And your timer starts now.
0: Okay, so Christoph, I want to say is Jonathan Groff. What? <laughs> <laughs> what other Christophs are there? Re Christoph Re, and what was the other
1: one? So what? And Ronaldo Arenas.
0: Ronaldo. It's not a foreign language to me. This is not. Uh, and how do you spell Aranas?
1: Arenas? A
0: r e n a s. I don't know
1: what that is.
0: Um. Okay. How is Kristoff not Jonathan? I don't know any.
1: You got twenty seconds.
0: Other Kristoffs. I'm not gonna get it, am I?
1: So what I'm gonna do? Can is... Can you
0: give me the easy one after? After, yeah, okay. exactly.
1: That's what I was gonna do. Okay. We're How is gonna... it
0: not Jonathan? Roth? I'm really upset about that.
1: <laughs> okay. So you got okay. three seconds. I'm, you're not gonna get this. Three, two, one. Okay, <laughs> okay. So now I'm gonna give you the easy versions, mm-hmm. and you are you'll you'll get this. And I'm gonna give you them in the same order. Okay. 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 So you have Christoph, or you have Jackson Pollock. Okay. You have Ronaldo Arenas, or you have Anton Sugar.
0: We're watching Mother. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Ree. Oh my gosh, we're was, watching Mother finally! <laughs> Ree was uh, Jennifer Lawrence in Winter's Bone.
0: Okay. I and then I was going I've to do Katniss
1: Everdeen and then you would have figured it out. I would have not. That. So we are. You
0: could have are... done more, a different obscure character. You could have done <laughs> Joy. That's not
1: <laughs> obscure at all.
0: Joy is obscure to me now.
1: No. So yes, next week we are watching Darren Aronofsky's Mother with an exclamation point.
0: I'm so excited. Mother! Mother. Do you think I'll like it though? I'm not sure if I'll like it.
1: Uh, I guess we'll find out next week when we talk about it. Okay. So yep. So exciting. So exciting.
0: Where can I find Mother?
1: I think it's on Amazon Prime. Okay, let's hope. Otherwise, you can rent it.
0: I'm Michelle Pfeiffer. I love Michelle Pfeiffer.
1: <laughs> yes, you do.
0: Yeah. Mother, the movie you made me take off of my list last
1: year. Did I make you? Yeah. And replace it with what? Uh, Exorcist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That was fine. Yeah, no regrets there.
0: The poster for Mother is scary.
1: <laughs> but that is for next week, Mita. Okay. Before we go, do you have any parting words for us?
0: I do. Hell is a teenage girl. It really is. I forgot to ask you. I was like, you, you lived with a teenage girl. What was that like for you? Mm.
1: <laughs> I did. I'm about to live with one in a few more years.
0: She's got some time. She's got some
1: time. But I'll, yeah. I'll see it from a different angle this time.
0: Yeah, she's got like, what, eight years?
1: Yeah. She's, yeah, eight years. But today she was like she was like getting ready for bed and she's like Papa I love you I miss you when I go to school okay. and I was just like oh you're not going to say this in a few more she's years not. you're yeah, not I'm absolutely sorry. not I'm no teenage girls saying that not. to you thank you so much for listening friends please like subscribe share and rate and review and we will see you next week for the third movie in spooky season Darren Aronofsky's mother mother, <laughs> mother. <laughs> have a lovely week bye bye Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by no one.
0: You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the number 2 Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at
1: gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon.